Mackling McGarry and McNabb as we head into Halloween weekend. It wouldn't be Halloween, Greg, without checking in with one of our favorite authors, who just so happens to have released a new book this week. Well, you might have to imagine there's some good marketing involved here. The book is called (laughs) The Restoration. The official launch is tomorrow at another one of our favorite places here in the city of Winnipeg, Dalnavert Museum, and on November 5th. Another one of our favorite places. It's just a trifecta here at my McNally Robinson. The writer is J.H. Moncrief. J.H. Moncrief joins us now. How are you this morning? I'm great. How are you two? We're always well, and uh, thanks for taking some time. Loren's here with us, of course, and you're oh, an, good. Yeah, you're an expert on all things spooky. Some of the stories you've told us over the years uh, has still gets my blood sort of curdling. Can you tell us a little bit about the origin of Halloween before we learn a little bit more about your new book? Uh, sure. Well, Halloween is actually an old, old tradition that was a Celtic holiday back in the day and what we celebrate now is when the church started wanting to discourage pagans from these old festivals and these fertility festivals and so on they decided that halloween should be hallow mass it should be a festival celebrating the saints Uh, but in order to keep the popularity some of the old traditions like uh, exchanging food honoring the dead uh, dressing up in costume, they remained. Uh, so we have right now what we ha- what we celebrate is sort of this combination of a very old Celtic pagan festival and a church's stamp on it, if that makes sense. So where does the costume element fit in now? I mean, obviously it evolves over years like so many things, but at one point there was the, maybe more of a belief in the spirits and then it did it evolve into dressing like them and then from there on, you know, sexy pumpkins and sexy pineapples? Exactly. So uh, basically back in the day, what happened was uh, they believed that the veil between the living and the dead was at its thinnest on Halloween night. So people would dress up as spirits to scare spirits away. That's also why they carved jack-o'-lanterns. The idea was that it would scare spirits away, these scary-looking pumpkins and gourds and other things. Uh, But over time, when, when the holiday came to the States, that's when we start to see things change and become more commercialized. Well, and I'm, Loren, I'm glad you mentioned the sexy thing because, uh, you know, over the years that's become such a huge trend where almost every costume that's made for women is sexy this or sexy that, uh, sexy fence, for example. So what is, what is your take, J.H., on that trend? Well, I think... It, If if women want to dress sexy, that's totally their prerogative. Uh, I think it gets into sort of a dangerous spot when we see these sexy costumes being made for young girls, like very young. There's been outcries about that where, you know, even five-year-olds, seven-year-olds, ten-year-olds are being marketed sexy costumes. That's when I think a line needs to be drawn. But, I mean, if a grown woman decides she wants to be a sexy cop, well, more, more power to her. I think that's very well put. So, J.H., uh, we understand your new book, and we love local connections. The Restoration was actually inspired by a paranormal experience you had at Dalnavert Museum. Tell us about that. <laughs> uh, hopefully I don't give anyone nightmares. So Ooh. I was chosen to stay overnight at Dalnavert House as part of Thin Air. And we were given full reign of the museum. All the ropes came down, and we didn't really have any chaperones, which I found amazing. 
And we were allowed to write wherever we wanted. So I wrote in Jack's room. He was the son who died, and he died in that room. I was writing, sitting on the floor by a closet. I got up, left my laptop on the floor, and went to look out the window. And as soon as my back was turned, bam, the closet door slammed open into my laptop. I First, I texted my mother to tell her what happened, and her response was, well, didn't you want that to happen? <laughs> I said, no. <laughs> Uh, so then I went and looked in the closet. There was no one in the closet. I tried to like see if the door could be partially closed. It wouldn't. It either was all the way open or all the way shut. Uh, we walked, and when the other writers came in, because they heard the noise and thought something had happened to me, we walked back and forth to the window trying to see if the door would pop back open. Uh, it didn't happen. We couldn't recreate it. So someone okay, didn't want you doing what you're doing. That would be, you know, he did not want you in there or didn't want you writing the book would be my guess. You know, I would have thought that too, except I didn't feel anything negative in there. Okay. I continued to write in there for the rest of the night until about 4 a.m. And the only difference was it was freezing in there. And I didn't notice this until the other writers came in and they commented how cold it was in there. And then as the night went on, it got colder and colder and colder until I couldn't even flex my fingers anymore. And that's why I finally went to the attic. But uh, I never. Felt oh, you went any... to the attic. That seems like a logical choice. Just, <laughs> let's go. Let's go to the attic, Jade. <laughs> That's where they had us sleeping. So okay. I didn't get much sleep. But <laughs> oh wow! So Dalnavert yeah. Museum is an amazing property. I went there a couple of years ago for um, a Halloween theme. They did like a, a Dracula themed night. So even though it's this beautiful building, but it is creepy at night when the lights are out and uh, knowing that there's a, the potential that it could be haunted. So when you went in, even before this experience, did, were you nervous or were you excited? Like, what were you feeling about that? I was excited and I also kind of, it's this weird thing when you write about the paranormal, you sort of hope things will happen, but you also aren't really prepared when it does because whenever something like this happens, your body rejects it right away. It's almost like you have this intense terror and then right away your mind goes, nope, that didn't happen. Nope, what's the rational explanation for this? Uh, so I really hoped that something would happen, but I had my doubts. I've been to many haunted places, and I've tried Ouija boards and that. Nothing's ever happened. So I didn't necessarily expect something to happen, but I knew that if it would, it would be in Jack's room. So that's why I opted to spend the evening there. So, Jage, is there a line here in terms of skepticism and openness to welcoming spirits into our lives? Because uh, I don't want to give away too much of my personal life here, but I did uh, date a witch for a while. And she was very open about her beliefs. And um, she warned me, uh, we, had a, we had a later night and she warned me about this uh, gentleman who regularly came to visit her, in particular if there was more than one person in her condominium. And to say that I slept with one foot on the floor is uh, not an exaggeration. So uh, I didn't have an experience, but it was clear to me that she did on a regular basis. So do you have a take on that in terms of that interaction and and? Does it depend on the openness and willingness to, to have that interaction from, quote-unquote, the other side, if it, if it indeed exists? I think people definitely have to have an open mind. But one thing I've noticed is when people really don't, when they really don't believe in anything like this, they won't believe it even if it happens to them. 
I used to live with a fellow who he swore that he was open, but also really didn't believe in things. And weird things happened in this house. I mean, it's over 100 years old. And really strange things would happen, and he'd try his best to find an explanation for them. And even though he couldn't find an explanation for them, and it was really bizarre, he still refused to believe that it could possibly be anything other than something scientifically explained. So I find that if you have a really closed mind to it, it doesn't really matter. A ghost could come up to you and tap you on the shoulder, and you'd still go, well, it must have been the wind. It must have been, (laughs) you know, there must have been something in my eye. So you do have to have somewhat of an open mind, but I also think it's good to be a little skeptical as well. You don't want to believe that everything Mm. is the paranormal. Sometimes it's a cat, right? (laughs) You don't want to believe that everything is a ghost, but... Yeah, I had I had a moment last week just in the basement, Jage, where I was like uh, working. It's four a.m. I hear this noise, and I'm convinced it's something, you know, not right in my home. Completely forgetting that I have a dog who was just rounding the corner at the top of the stairs, staring at me with his dark eyes. Right, but for fifteen minutes, you know, your mind, your mind wanders, and that's just how we work as humans. But also, it's how I operate when I read. My mind will really get into the book. So. We're talking about your new book, Restoration. What can we expect from this book? Do we go on that kind of journey where we're, we need to be a bit more open? I think so. It's also very much a part of a mystery. It's about a single mother who tries to restore this house with her 10-year-old daughter. She's trying to mend that relationship between them. And she ends up embroiled in this mystery of what had happened in the house and what happened to the family and was someone murdered there? And if so, who murdered them and so forth? So a bit of an open mind, but it's also rooted in reality as far as an actual mystery that's taking place as well. Well, J.H. Moncrief, we thank you very much for joining us as we head into Halloween. You know, before, before we'll just take a few more seconds here because you mentioned uh, you've got a new series about witches as well. And you say there's some folklore behind the witch's hat. Yes. There is. It's a really interesting story. So how the pointed hat became associated with witches is it was actually worn by ale makers. And back in the day, women made the best ale. Ale was more important than water because you couldn't drink the water. So these women would wear pointed hats so they'd be seen in a crowd and people would know that's where the ale, you could get your ale from. But there were a few gentlemen and and a big company, actually, that decided they wanted to take over this business. So they decided the best way to do this would be to spread a rumor that the ale these women were selling was poisoning people. So, of course, the fact that they were poisoning people supposedly brought along the witch tag, and then everyone started to associate these pointed hats with poison and with witches. So that's where it comes from. Oh, wow. Wow. That's cool. I have no idea. You're a volcano of super interesting information, J.H. <laughs> Moncrief. We thank you so much for joining us. Have a happy Halloween. You too. Thank you so much for having me on again. Oh, what time's the launch tomorrow at Dalnavert? It's 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Dalnavert Museum, The Restoration, J.H. Moncrief, and another launch on November 5th at McNally Robinson.